You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I'm following up on the last episode where we talked about our so-called attentional spotlight. Now, if if you didn't listen to that episode, it is worth a listen, but I can summarize it in in a couple of short sentences. Very briefly, as human beings, we have what is known, as I just said, as an attentional spotlight. In other words, we shine our attention on what we want to pay our attention to, or at least that's what you would think it means, but in actual fact, because of the way our minds developed through evolutionary times, we don't have control over our attentional spotlight until we actually take scientifically validated steps, validated by cognitive psychology and most recently and repeatedly by neuroscience, to take control of our attentional spotlight so we can actually choose to pay attention to that to which we need to pay attention, to ensure that we do what we need to do, to get to where we want to go today, this year, in this life of ours. Now, in what I've just said, there is a very strong hint of what I want to talk about in this video, because yes, it's one thing to be able to turn your attentional spotlight on, but to what are you going to pay attention, and to what end? I had a very astute question asked of me after the last episode, and that was, if we have an attentional spotlight, do we also have an intentional spotlight? The why I got out of bed this morning, the why I'm paying attention to this right now, the why is all important because we could develop our ability to control our attentional spotlight and just be happy out in the moment. We could go and hug trees, which is what some people think mindfulness is all about, how wrong they are. We could simply be happy in the moment, in the here and now, and go round and round in circles in the here and now, still happy but without any direction to our day or our life. And obviously, that is possibly even worse than being unable to control your attentional spotlight. In other words, basically what I'm saying to you is pure mindfulness is actually probably more dangerous than mindlessness by virtue of the fact that when we're mindless, when we're operating on automatic pilot, The automatic pilot is going to make sure that we don't do ourselves any harm or any damage and that with a little bit of luck we'll make it through the day and make it safely back to bed tonight. Now we cover that in in earlier episodes as well and it's it's actually going to be an ongoing theme through these episodes by virtue of the fact that because we have 1.8 million years evolution under our belt It is our adult way of making it through the day to operate on automatic pilot. I'm not saying 
obviously, because otherwise we wouldn't be talking. I'm not saying that we can't turn off the automatic pilot or disengage the automatic pilot. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that if you were to disengage the automatic pilot by practicing pure mindfulness and not set a direction for your day or your life, then you're going to go around in circles. You're going to be happy. You're going to be as well, unfortunately, missing in the action of what you need to do today to get to where you want to go because you haven't set your mind to where you want to go. All of my clients and many of the people who've been watching my videos back to 2008, an awful lot of people who turn up on my Facebook lives on a Tuesday lunchtime as well, we will be familiar with the following little equation that I came up with a number of years ago. Attention plus intention equals the kind of success and happiness that you really, really want. Attention without intention amounts to simply, as we said a moment ago, going round in circles. Yeah, being happy that you're going round in circles, but not actually going in the direction that your life could go. So attention on its own is just being happy out in the here and now. Intention on its own is kind of wishful thinking. In other words, if I intend, say I intend to set up my own business. A lot of the people that I would work with, you know, very often people who want to change their lives and want a little more flexibility in their lives, more autonomy in their lives, want to set up their own business. Say I want to set up my own business and I intend to set up my own business, but I never give that intention any attention. Basically what I'm saying to you is intention without attention leads nowhere. It's basically wishful thinking. But put attention and intention together and you have this magic combination that has been confirmed again and again and again, particularly by modern neuroscience in relation to not only what it does in terms of our ability to focus and do what we need to do to get to where we know we want to go, or if I can put it another way, get to where we intend to go. Not only does attention plus intention facilitate us in doing that, attention plus intention changes the very structure of the key components of our subcortical brain that will enable us get to where we want to go with very little effort indeed. You probably heard me use that word before, effortless or effortlessness. One of my favorite words and a scientific fact. If I know why I got out of bed this morning, if I know what I intend to achieve, if I know how to control my attentional spotlight so I am fully focused in the here and now doing what I need to do to achieve what I intend to achieve, I'm going to use very little neural energy. I'm going to use very little effort 
to do what I need to do to get to where I want to go. It's why the University of Chicago calls it flow. Now, that's actually only partly true. The main reason the flow research is called flow is that because people who are experiencing that kind of effortlessness say that they feel as if they're flowing through their life, flowing through their day. So this on the one hand is a magic combination, but let us make it even simpler than that, because my use of the word magic would be to slightly denigrate what is a series and a set of scientific facts that together provide us with a blueprint to enable us change our lives, live the lives that we really, really want. Let me put it another way. I call it, and people on my online program, The Psychology of Success, would be very familiar with this particular terminology. I call it the two-piece jigsaw. Now, <laughs> you know, th there's nothing complicated about this. This is not a 1,000-piece jigsaw that it'll take you weeks to figure out. This is a two-piece jigsaw, and the two pieces fit snugly together and play off each other. And the two pieces are, number one, attention developing my ability to focus properly in the here and now. The second piece of the jigsaw is intention. Knowing, and I've chosen that word very deliberately, knowing exactly where I want to go. Now, knowing is very different to the way in which we normally set our intentions. Or let's call it the, what, what business people call it. They call it their goals. Knowing is completely different to having goals. The parts of your brain that will enable you do what you need to do to get to where you want to go in your life, starting today, don't understand goals in the way in which business people construct them, the way in which loads of people will be constructing them in a few weeks' time as we approach 2021 people with their New Year's resolutions, people with the same New Year's resolutions for 2021 as they had for 2020, and stretching way back into the past probably as well. Because normally we set our goals or our objectives or our intentions by saying, I want this, or I must have that, or I would like this, or, and this is an interesting one, I intend to have that. The subconscious mind doesn't understand any of the phrases I have just used because they are linguistic constructs aimed at the conscious mind. The conscious mind is the thinking mind and the thinking mind generally gets in the way of the doing mind. And the doing mind is what we need to have in action moment to moment during the course of the day so we actually do what we need to do to get to where we want to go. So in other words, if I am trying to have the right intentions in the way in which I'm explaining during this particular conversation today, wishing, hoping and wanting are a waste of space and your dreams will always be just dreams and your hopes will always end up being hopeless as a result of saying to yourself, I wish this, I want that, or I dream of this, that, or the other. What you need to do is set your subconscious mind 
in a scientifically validated way so that it knows what you want is going to happen because it knows in your mind's eye that it already has. Now we need to tease this one out and to be quite honest we'll be teasing this out for weeks and months on end because the ordinary normal mind has great difficulty getting its head around the fact that all I need to do to achieve my goals and dreams is set my mind in a particularly scientifically validated way so that the subconscious mind actually expects the goals and intentions to happen by virtue of the fact that it has already experienced the outcome. I can put it another way, I can put it a really simple way. If you want something, believe that you already have it and your subconscious mind will ensure that your attentional spotlight is directed in the right direction, moment to moment, day to day, to enable you spot the opportunities and do the right things that will enable you get there. Now, the phrase I used was, the subconscious mind will bring this about if it has already seen it in its mind's eye. You know, people often ask me, are we talking about visualization here? Yeah, and we are and we aren't because there's very little concrete research that shows that visualization on its own captivates the subconscious mind's attention in a way that enables it believe in the outcome. Now, there's another word I've just used, which is a really interesting word by virtue of the fact that most people think beliefs are just things that people believe in. Oh, I have faith. Uh, I believe this absolutely. I believe the world is flat and nobody can tell me that the world is round. And that's why it would take so long for scientific evidence that flies in the face of a belief to actually change that belief. But the fact is that beliefs are not some very special thing that we hold dear to ourselves. Beliefs are solidified thought in our subconscious mind. Let me explain that to you. I might believe myself to be stupid. Uh, and I actually have a number of clients who over the years have said to me when I met them first, oh, I, I'm stupid. Uh, uh, it's a fact. I, I actually fully believe it. It's a fact. In each case, those clients were told somewhere along the way during their formative years that they were stupid. Generally speaking, unfortunately, they were told they were stupid by their parents because their parents operating on automatic pilot in the same way as we discussed as most normal people do their parents operating on automatic pilot weren't mindful enough to say to themselves I better not say that to my son or my daughter I may actually give them the impression that they are stupid to the point that they begin believing it now if your father says to you regularly that you're stupid, perhaps in a variety of different ways whilst you're trying to do your homework. Do you think that will leave an impression on your subconscious mind? Of course it will, because that's how we learn. We learn through little snapshots that give us an impression of who we are, and we're more inclined to learn negative snapshots than we are to learn positive ones. There's an evolutionary reason for that, and it's quite simple. 
thinking negatively keeps us on our toes. Thinking positively could give us a false sense of security so that we wouldn't be ready when the tiger would jump out of the bushes. It's kind of, kind of obvious when you think about it, but unfortunately in the 21st century it leads to a load of people, most people, Harvard would reckon 96% of people in this world not believing in themselves, not believing in the power within, not believing in their own potential. The fact is that our beliefs are psychological snapshots, little flashbulb memories of things that, as I've just said, generally speaking, would make us feel less good about ourselves than we might otherwise feel. What's been discovered over the last 50 years, approximately 50 years, is that we can give ourselves as adults new psychological snapshots. And obviously, as responsible adults wanting to live a better life, we would be less inclined to give ourselves negative snapshots and certainly more inclined to give ourselves positive ones. Essentially what I'm saying to you is that we can give ourselves new beliefs. We give ourselves new beliefs by handwriting what we want as if we already have it. What modern neuroscience tells us is that if I handwrite what I want as if I already have it, say I'm handwriting about what I'm looking at, the visual cortex in my brain will respond as if I'm actually looking at it. Say I'm writing about how I'm feeling. The hippocampus in the subcortical brain will respond as if I'm actually feeling that way now. Say I'm writing about what I'm listening to or what I'm hearing. The auditory cortices in the brain will react as if I'm actually hearing it. In other words, what we're saying is believing is seeing. Seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling and tasting. What it is like to be where I want to be as if I am already there. This is how we set our intentions. This is the intention piece of the equation I mentioned a few minutes ago. And it is the intention piece that actually directs the attention piece. But it can't direct the attention piece if I haven't developed my ability to pay attention. So you can begin to see how these two things don't only just fit together, but each of them requires the other. You cannot have one without the other. At the risk of repeating myself, attention on its own is going round in circles. Intention on its own is wishing, hoping, wanting and dreaming. Attention plus intention will give you the life that you really, really want. And when I say life that you really, really want, I'm starting with the stuff you know you want straight away. In other words, a lot of my clients have been through this with me. If I have a big presentation to make or, for example, an interview to go to, you don't make a big presentation with no intention. You don't go to an interview not knowing what you want out of it. If you go to an interview knowing that for starters, the first thing you want to do is leave the right impression, make your mark on the person who's interviewing you, that is your intention. 
That is what you handwrite. You handwrite the experience of coming out of that interview saying to yourself, yeah, I nailed that. What happens after that? I was going to say is anybody's guess. That's not true. If we put our best forward in life, or should I say when we put our best forward in life, we make the right impression and we move in the direction that is best for us. Let me explain that a little further. One of the things that I did when we moved to France first many years ago was I helped out some of the tennis clubs affiliated to the French Tennis Federation to help young up-and-coming tennis players set their minds to achieve their objectives. They were taught to handwrite what it would look like, feel like, sound like, smell like and taste like, coming off the court having played sublime tennis. On no occasion was it suggested to them that they write down that they're coming off the court having won. And the reason for that is all we can do is put our best foot forward in life. The second reason is they might be unlucky enough to come across the next Roger Federer or Serena Williams. You just don't know all of the circumstances as you move forward in life. What you do know is that you're not going to get anything much out of life if you don't push your best foot forward. But when you do push your best foot forward, you greatly enhance the chances of you getting exactly what is best for you. Listen to what I'm saying carefully. An awful lot of people think they want this, that or the other. What I'm suggesting to you is that if you set your mind in the proper way, if you have the right intentions, if I could use a common expression, if your intentions are honourable, then what you get is going to be best for you. Perhaps this all sounds a little airy-fairy. The neuroscience is very clear. We've alluded to it earlier on in relation to when I handwrite. All the parts of the brain light up as if I'm actually experiencing what I'm handwriting about. The neuroscience is very clear in relation to how, when we develop our ability to pay attention, the same subcortical parts of the brain that are excited by the handwriting are actually developed and restructured in a way that enables me bring my attention and intention together. In answer to the question that I was asked after last week's episode, do we have an intentional spotlight? No, we don't. Our attentional spotlight enables us shine our attention into the nooks and crannies of the present moment, because sometimes we need all of our attentional spotlight to notice there's a little shiny object in the corner that is actually the opportunity that I need to take to move me towards the things that I intend to achieve. But I don't, in the moment, continually think about or imagine what it would be like to achieve my objectives because that would take me away from the moment. Instead, I set my mind to achieve those objectives in the way in which we've just discussed and the setting of the mind allied to my being in control of my attentional spotlight means that I am fully equipped to move through each here and now in a way in which I spot opportunities rather than threats, 
Remember the way the attentional spotlight originally developed to spot the rustling of the bushes and the man or woman eating tiger? I've flipped it now from scanning the horizon for threats and it is now scanning my environment for opportunities. And in scanning my environment for opportunities, it is informed by the manner in which I've set my mind to get what I'd really, 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 really like out of life. The big, big, big question is what do you want? An awful lot of people I work with don't even know what they want this week. They get out of bed in the morning with the intention of making it through the day. Some of them get out of the bed in the morning with the intention of making it through the day with as little stress as possible and certainly the more we develop our ability to pay attention and be in flow or be in what athletes call the zone, the less stress we are going to suffer from because stress, as we discussed in an earlier episode, is self-induced as a result of thinking about the pressure I'm under. Stress isn't real, it is a multiplication of the real pressure that turns it into stress. So many of my clients, when I meet them first, get out of bed with the intention of maybe paying the bills, maybe making it through the day, sorry, certainly making it through the day, hopefully making it through the day with as little stress and anxiety as possible. An awful lot of them don't understand the why they're doing what they're doing, what their goals are what they want to achieve and why they want to achieve them and indeed for whom they want to achieve them too. An awful lot of people will say I want to develop my ability to be more present and and have a better work-life balance for my family but that is a lie by virtue of the fact that if I don't look after myself first I'm of no use to the ones that I claim to love. So an awful lot of people don't even understand the why of looking after yourself. You know, if you were on a flight, and an awful lot of people aren't on flights at the moment, but if you were on a flight listening to the safety instructions before you taxi off onto the end of the runway to take off, you'll be told that if an oxygen mask drops in front of you, you should put on your own mask before you attend to those around you or help someone else to put on their mask. You're not going to be able to help anybody if you're dead from the neck up in the first place yourself. And unfortunately... The normal mind in which it is automated is effectively dead from the neck up. Because when we operate on autopilot, we're only surviving. And we will continue to survive, even with the development of our attention. If we don't say to ourselves, this is the why. This is the kind of life I want. These are the kind of things I would like to experience in my life. I didn't say have. Now, I didn't say there's anything wrong with having or wanting material things either, but that is not what I said. What I said was, this is the life I want to experience. What kind of life do you want to experience? Really? Now, as we come to the end of this episode, You may be perplexed by the question I've just asked by virtue of the fact that probably very few people have ever asked this question of you before. What kind of life, what kind of experience do you really want to have? Because most of us assume that our past experiences 
can be used as a guide to our future experiences. But your past experiences were all experienced through the fog created by the thoughts in our own head and used by the autopilot to enable us make it through the day. So if you thought that your past experiences could be used as a guide to your future experiences, you would be wrong. Your future experiences created by yourself are a combination of your developing attention plus the intentions to which you set your mind. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horan.ie.